0: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
1: Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Today, people of color are winning. We're winning in entertainment. We're winning in sports. We're winning in the financial world. And we're often winning in politics. But where people of color are not winning is in the justice system. That is the subject of my next guest in this new book, Open Season. My next guest and I have created and co-produced television shows together. He is a friend, little brother, fraternity brother, and the founder and principal owner of Ben Crump Law. He has been recognized in National Trial Lawyers, Top 100 Lawyers, and Ebony Magazine, Power 100, Most Influential African Americans. He has represented families in several high-profile civil rights cases, including Trayvon Martin, and most recently, the black man who was shot and killed when a Dallas police officer walked into the wrong apartment and thinking it was hers, and she shot him while he was sitting on the sofa eating ice cream. My guest is on the show to talk about his new book, Open Season, Legalized Genocide of Colored People. Please welcome to Money-Making Conversations again, attorney Ben Crump.
1: Good morning, Rashawn.
0: (laughs) Good morning, my friend. Good morning. I know you just landed in New York. It's a big media run. Congratulations on this book, man. I know how long you and I have been talking about this book, probably about
1: two years. Um. Hey, hey, Rashad, this seems like it's been so long, but I have to tell you uh, publicly what I told you privately. You know, your guidance and direction was the uh, aspect of this book, and just like when we did the uh, awesome TV show "Evidence of Innocence," yes, sir. The, I mean. The cover selection that uh, Variety Magazine is calling iconic mm-hmm. from the title of the book and content, you know, every time I would uh, bend your ear to advise and counsel me, you always gave me very prolific advice. <laughs> and for that there, the fact that the book is the number one uh, sell book on Amazon for pre-orders mm-hmm. is uh, really a testament to a lot of your counseling advice and I always thank you for it, brother. And so I'm, this is an exciting week. Just know uh, your voice is in my ear as yes, I go through all these interviews.
0: Thank you. Well, you know, it's great. I thank you for the compliment, and I thank you for being the person that you are. In reading the book, my whole thought was that this is one of many now, because I, I heard your voice, I heard your passion, and I heard your concern as to why this book and many books that you're going to write in the pre- future are going to provide us with Knowledge, Because so much information is being hidden in the justice system. And this book, you know, Open Season, legalize, Legalized Genocide of Color People, is kind of like the first stage of getting that information out to us, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Certainly. And, and tragically, Rashawn, it's almost as if the book stays relevant no matter what we do. Uh, as we're speaking this morning, you know, America is learning another name of a hashtag victim. Uh, Atiana Jefferson the black lady in her house uh, taking care of her eight-year-old nephew. The cop shoots inside the house and kills her. Mm-hmm. Very similar to Botham John case where the white policewoman comes into his apartment while he's minding his business doing everything he has the legal right to do. Mm-hmm. She allegedly thinks it's her apartment, shoots and kills him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and thank God uh, that was a historic case because it was the first time a white police woman has ever been convicted right. of murder mm-hmm. for killing a black uh, person in the United States. But with all of that there, it still remains that the law, the law itself, Rashad, and that's what we talk about a lot in this book, mm-hmm. how whether it's on the streets or in the courtroom, the law that is supposed to protect us, they're using it to kill us Mm-hmm. And this is a continuation of what was done 70 years ago when the great Paul Robeson and W.B. Dubois and other black leaders went to the United Nations and said, we chose genocide for how you're killing black people in America, and it has been proliferated by the law.
0: Right, right. You know, the interesting thing about it, let's stay on the um, the Dallas case with the Dallas police officer, because you and I were yeah. texting— during that trial and mm-hmm. also texting afterwards and I saw you on CNN uh, after the trial and the, the, the hug, uh, that was seen around the world during that yes, Dallas trial when he, when his brother left the stand and hugged her, um, your, your thoughts on that. And then, yeah. because my, and I'm share my thoughts on that, about that hug.
1: Okay. Well, it is important to know, Rashad, the backstory of this Brent, who was Botham's younger brother, uh, was only 16 years old right. mm-hmm. when his brother was killed. I mean, this is the person who he slept in the bed with as a toddler, the person who was his hero. Right. Um, and so when she killed his brother, I mean, he went through all kind of issues. He was angry, he he hated her. I mean, he he just he wanted to harm her when it happened, mm-hmm. because she took hero. Uh He dropped out of high school. Mm-hmm. He, he punched a hole in the wall. His mother and father had to uh, get him some serious counseling because, as they said, they are Christians. Brent, this isn't our way to give way to hate. You mm-hmm. can't take this hate with you throughout your whole life. Mm-hmm. So when you saw... Him in that courtroom on that uh, day of the victim impact statement, it was over a year of him going through a whole range of emotions. Right, right. Where he right. finally got to that point, right. And uh, you know, he didn't know that the cameras were running. He thought that was just between him and her. And so that's the backstory of it. So people, before they start to form opinions of about, uh, you know. He should forgive the killer of his uh, brother where they need to understand what kind of family this is. This is a godly Christian family and that this young man has been through it all. And don't judge him for how he's grieving.
0: You know, it's really interesting because of the fact that, you know, African-Americans are people of color, even though we share the same religious beliefs, are often seen seen as heathens, seen as violent people. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a monumental moment for... uh, for our people to show that there's yeah. even at this level there's forgiveness, and whether he knew the cameras were running or not, the the, the moment that we can forgive. The only thing I was kind of taken aback mm-hmm. was when the uh, the judge hugged her. I didn't understand that, but you know that <laughs>
1: nobody, <laughs> there, nobody understood that or uh, why the bailiff was uh, helping rub her hair. Yeah, uh, and, and nobody has seen them give back kind of consideration or affection to a uh, convicted murderer who is black. Right. In fact, it's the opposite. Right. They won't even let the family hug them.
0: Right. And, you know, when I still say there was an amazing uh, case from a standpoint of yeah. gaining some type of victory because so many people were, 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 were captivated by her personality, by her being young, by her being, you know, a, you know she's just a young, she just made a mistake. You know, a lot of people were trying to trivialize the severity of what she had done, you know, and the fact that you guys came back with a guilty victory, guilty uh, victory, verdict is really uh, uh awesome in the sense that justice was served properly. When I say the word awesome, yeah,
1: but yeah, because Rashad, most people had predicted that she was going to get off. Right. I mean, all the talking heads on the the legal correspondent shows, they just said, nah he's going to uh, get away with it because obviously she didn't mean to do it. Right. And the only thing I, I would say is with our argument in open season, it's about equal justice under the law. Right. If the facts would have been reversed and both of them would have went to the wrong apartment and shot and killed Amber Geiger, nobody would be saying give him the benefit of the doubt or the Absolutely. benefit of consideration. They would not only be saying he should be, uh, convicted of murder, they would probably be arguing for him to get the death penalty. Absolutely. I'm
0: talking to uh, Ben Crump, Attorney Ben Crump. Uh, his book is Open Season, Legalized Genocide of Colored People. When we get back, we're going to get in more detail. Hang in there. Great story, great information. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversation. On the phone is my guest, Attorney Ben Crump. We're discussing this new book, Open Season, The, legali- the Legalized Genocide of Colored People. Uh, ben, What made you decide to use the word genocide
1: in the title? You know, it was uh, very deliberate because I wanted to explain to people that it truly is an epidemic of how they are destroying the lives of so many young people of color, whether they're killing us with bullets or whether they're killing us with the laws. Um, You know, the statistics and the, the... Empirical data suggests, Rashawn, that uh, one out of every five black men in states like Florida and Tennessee are convicted felons, and they believe if this trend continues, one out in the next twenty-five years, one out of every three black men in America will be convicted felons. Now, what happens when you are a convicted felon? But, Sean, it's, it's unbelievable when you think about the collateral consequences right. of a convicted felon. Now, you know, you always hear about you can't vote, you can't serve on jury duty, you can't serve in the Army. But it's far worse than that, because everything that you thought you could do to try to make a living legitimately, once you have that uh, convicted felon labor that you have to work for the rest of your entire life, In the information age, it makes it uh, very daunting to be able to keep a roof over the head of your family, to put food on the table for your children, to keep the lights on. If you want to be a teacher, you can't be one when you got a convicted felon. You can't get a certificate to be a a nurse or a real estate agent or a brick mason. You can't get the uh, certification to be. Uh, even a beautician for the uh, women who who, uh, have convicted felons on their record. You can't even, Rashad, in some states, if you are a convicted felon and you have served any time in prison, you can't even get life insurance. It's almost like you're the living dead. They just haven't given you the death certificate. Mm. You can't get a federal uh, loan from the government to go to college if you convicted the felon. I mean, you know, who are getting these labels? It's our children. And so they are being killed, and they're killing them softly. They don't even realize how they're using the law that is supposed to protect them. It's killing them. them. It's killing them socially. To, yeah. We're trying to make it uh, be an education for our young people, but also for white people. Right. We want them to understand, just like Paul Robeson and W.B. DeWallace and look at what you're doing to our future. Right. And if you don't, I don't want you to speculate and say, oh, we never knew. Because with this book now, you can't say we didn't know. Right. The question is, what are you going to do about it after you have the knowledge? Right.
0: And the book he's referencing is his book, "Open Season: Legalized Genocide of Color People." And I want to say when he says "color people," he's talking about not only just African Americans. He's talking about Native American, Hispanics, Muslims, people of all color extractions, as well as the gay community. Uh, it's really just let you know that this is a bigger problem, not just an African-American problem. And to just narrow just on African-Americans would have been a mistake because the problem is bigger than just us, correct?
1: A- absolutely, Rashad. And when you talk about uh, the immigration issues, when you talk about the environmental racism, when you talk about the uh, education educational inequality, when you talk about the voter suppression, right. I mean, and I— these not only affect black people, but oftentimes they seek to marginalize and disenfranchise many of the minority communities in America, and as well as the LGBTQ community, Absolutely. because a lot of laws that we talk about mm-hmm. are focusing on disenfranchising them as well. And we we make it a vivid point about how police are killing black trans Right, uh, individuals, and I mean, it is alarming the statistics that uh, how they're being killed, and what is more alarming, Rashad, is how little the police are being held accountable. Absolutely,
0: you know, it's really interesting in reading the book. I felt like um, it felt like I was reading a history book. I was felt like I read something current. I felt like I was looking at possibly my future or the future of America, and it's it's really a great book to read because of the fact that. I think at any level, high school level, definitely college level is definitely a book to be part of a sociology curriculum, a sociology changed my life in college. And this is a book about that, 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 that part of how life is being structured for people of color. And it's really important. So I'm just letting you know that the book from beginning to the end, you know, starting with the introduction and, and all the way to the end with the 12 points that you set aside that, that can be, you know, transformative to America, if they took, all of these 12 points that you're talking about in writing the overall concept. I want to tell you this, please put this in, um, audio form. Are you going to put this book on audio?
1: It, it is. Yes. A yeah, Harper Collins has an audio book that you can purchase also and listen while you're in the car on the plane.
0: I'll tell you because it's, it's even more impactful because, uh, I've, I've seen, uh, Ben Crump speak over the years and, uh, He's, he's, he's really riveting <laughs> when he gets on the roll out there. You know, I, 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 your articulation and your ability to, to command the stages, just watching that growth has been pretty amazing to me over the years. Uh, I, I know as an individual, you were thrust out into the public's eye with Trayvon Martin's case, and you've done your homework yeah. to be able to understand your role and how you have to present yourself. That was part of your growth, too, as well as leading up to this book, Correct.
1: Absolutely. And you helped a lot with that, Rashawn. I mean, uh, it was a journey. And uh, I'm a country boy from North Carolina. And then when you're put on the stage as uh, (laughs) arguably the most recognizable civil rights lawyer Mm -hmm. in America, then you have to definitely grow into that role and you have to work on it every day and try to improve on it every day, just like you often talk about on Money Making Conversations, it's a continuous growth and you're always learning. Mm-hmm. And so, whether it's in the courtroom or whether I'm uh, advocating on TV, I'm always trying to learn how to make sure we're being effective. As a trial lawyer, that's what we do in courtrooms every day. Mm-hmm. You you work to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. You don't want to talk over them. You don't want to talk below them. You want to talk to them. Right. And in doing so, you try to Find out what are the things that have been affected from the past, mm-hmm. and then how do I make them better? Mm-hmm. And that was an a exercise that I really tried to do with the book because as I reread it and reread it, I tried to listen and say, "Now, what about this uh, white person in suburbia, America? How do I illustrate the point to them mm-hmm. that this is an American issue, and that?" Uh, they also should be concerned with how the law is killing black people right um that was the the real important challenge and I think we tried to do it I pointed out a big thing there about the media people in America it is the government, the police represent the government it's their most visual form that have interaction with everyday citizens and so if the policy is to let police kill black and brown people, then essentially that's the government killing Mm -hmm. black and brown people. Mm -hmm. And that is the exact case that was argued to the United Nations. So what I foresee... As this book gains more attention and awareness, it's taking a lot of the families back over to Switzerland at the United Nations uh, Convention in Geneva and making the case again that we charge genocide based just on the laws and the statistics. Don't take our word for it. You tell us anywhere in this book where it isn't true, Right. What you're doing to black and brown people.
0: Right. You know, the amazing thing, we're talking to attorney, uh, civil rights attorney, Ben Crump, uh, his book, Open Seasons, which you can go to Amazon right now and pre-order. It's the number one book in pre-order right now on Amazon. The book will hit the stores, the airports, all the Barnes and Nobles. If you physically, you can go buy the book this week. The book is called Open Seasons, The Legalized Genocide of Colored People. I know my social media will be blowing up, blowing up. If you come to at Rashawn McDonald, you will see Ben Crump post about his book because it's a special book. It's a book about information. It's a book about education. It's a book about telling you what you need to know because you don't know. And I think that you did a fantastic job and not making um, white people feel guilty or make them feel insecure or make them feel afraid. You're just stating facts. The facts is, is that yep. you continue this direction you're taking away. People can pay taxes. People can build this country. People can make this country better. People can make America better of being incarcerated wrongfully and when they're being incarcerated, they can't even live a life that they, they can an advantageous life to anybody. So all right, all I can say, Ben, I wanna continually push your show. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show. You know this is a big week for your book. I know I'm one of many interviews you're gonna do this week. Ricky Smiley, D.L. You, Steve Harvey, Gail King. Yep. But I got you first, brother. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> you got
1: the first interview and it's uh so uh, I will be with uh, Sonny Hoffman at the Strand uh and Broadway. Mm-hmm. They say the largest bookstore in America. And then I go to Gary King, the breakfast club, and we hit the mall. all. Uh, I think Bill Maher is set uh, uh, for a taping on HBO. Cool. Because I do think uh, cool. open season of the book that we need as many Americans Thank as Thank you, Ben Crump. I appreciate read. you, brother. Good luck, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bye-bye.